Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. With the NFL Draft in the books, the Heel Tough Blog Podcast got a chance to sit down with Daniel Parlagreco to ask him about the fits of some of the new Carolina players headed to the NFL. Uh, hey, thanks for coming back on the show, man. Uh, so this this was your uh, this week past weekend. This was your big week, man. Uh, this is what you look forward to every year. Um, so you know, just uh, starting out, just kind of tell us, you know, what you thought of the NFL draft this week, and uh, you know, I think one thing that I think everybody's going to want to know: what did you think of the fourth round picks that they did? I thought the uh, the way they went about it with the satellite videos was a little cheesy at times. Are we are we uh, live right now? Yeah, man. Okay. I uh, no no I um <clears throat> I thought the draft itself was. Uh was great obviously there were some some surprises throughout the draft um you know depending on who you read will be depending on uh, you know which draft you like and a lot of that goes based on um how you view these players beforehand so obviously as we've seen in the past some players that were good college players not great end up being great nfl players and the other way around we've seen guys that were great college players come to the nfl and uh, not even make an nfl roster so you know, everybody has different, you know, different opinions on the draft. I had a, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched it here at my house and uh, had a friend who helps me with some of my draft stuff. And uh, we watched it. And, uh, yeah, you know, some of this stuff was a little bit interesting. Obviously, a lot of it is now a, uh, they're trying to make it more entertaining for the average fan who, you know, is sitting from home. It's more of an entertainment spectacle, as we saw from the ratings this year. The numbers just keep going up. You know, the NFL is, is, is trying to milk every single month in the off season so that, it, you know, the entire year um, is completely owned by the, you know, by the NFL, especially considering the NFL is really only a, a three-month sport. But uh, they've, they've gotten to the point now where they, you know, where they own the spring, they own, you know, February and, and March and April now, going into the beginning of May. And then you kind of have a few quiet months in, in June and July before training camp start. But um, I thought the draft itself was great, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited about next year. And, uh, you know, just looking back and seeing which of these players really sticks and has an impressive rookie season. Yeah, so, I mean, you know you know why we're here, man. This is a Tar Heel football podcast. So, you know, there were some guys that got drafted. The first one to go off the board was MJ Stewart in the second round with the 51st pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, I know a lot of draft experts, as he got later in the process, he kind of was one of those guys that was kind of just staying still and was kind of seen as that third or fourth round guy. Were you a little surprised that he went as high as he did? A little bit, you know, but with these with these defensive backs, it's um, – as we've as we've kind of seen, um, a lot of it goes based off of the fact that um, you know what you like. It's kind of like you know you talk to scouts. It's a lot of it's flavors of ice cream. You know, one guy might not be a big Rocky Road fan, but the next guy might love it. You know, and these defensive backs is very much this way. I mean, they're so close when it comes to athletic ability, size, heights, weights. Um, you know, the tape is very similar in a lot of these guys. Me personally. Um, 
I like MJ Stewart. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to make a really nice nickel corner. Um, you know, eventually, I think, you know, he's 5'11", so he's not that small. He could probably play some outside. Um, you know, good good guy. You know, he's very well built. He's not a skinny, slight guy. So he's uh, s- solid, athletic enough. But, um, you know, the question sometimes is long speed. You know, not a guy that's going to make a lot of plays on the ball. Um, I thought he would be more of a uh, early day uh, day three guy, to be honest, you know, uh, fourth, fifth round, somewhere around that. So I was a little bit surprised at how early he went. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned the size, and that was something that we kind of saw in this draft. I saw a stat yesterday where they said that six of the first seven cornerbacks off the board were under six foot. So, you know, I, I think size is something that, you know, originally was something I think that a lot of people put a lot of stock in. But now I think, you know, those guys that are kind of in that 5'11 to maybe even 6'1 range, that's kind of where a lot of teams like to, you know, set up camp in that area. Um, Overall, I mean, you know, looking at Tampa Bay, do you think it's a really good fit for them? I know last year they finished last in the league uh, in yards allowed through the air. So, you know, do you think that he can come in there and make an early impact? I think he will. I think he'll impress because um, you look at the guy, and the guy's as tough as nails. Uh, he's a versatile guy, so depending on how Tampa Bay wants to use him, I mentioned he's a really good slot player, but he can probably play outside. He's got experience doing both in North Carolina. I think um, he'll be really good in covering the tight ends because he's a physical corner, so I think he'll be able to handle that as well. Um, I think he'll be uh, you know, a guy that's going to probably play very early for Tampa Bay and a guy that's going to get valuable snaps as a rookie. Yeah, so then, you know, outside of that, you know, then we headed to day three. It was a little bit of a long wait uh, as a Tar Heel fan, but we finally got it in the seventh round. We got Andre Smith, who went, uh, he was the first guy off the board in the seventh round, going to the Carolina Panthers. Um, You know, I I, I think that what a lot of people are going to want to know here, especially because a lot of these fans are Carolina Panther fans as well, is, you know, where does he kind of fit in with this team and what is he going to bring to this football team? Yeah, you know, uh, Andre Smith is a guy that's, uh, you know, he really hasn't lucked out, as you guys know, as far as the injuries, but when he's played, he's been a... uh, He's been a very physical player. Um, he's not afraid to get physical. Tough, tough as nails guy. Good tackler, reliable. Uh, he's a real thumper, you know, and you can tell in the way he hits, he delivers a pop. Uh, good player against the run. But his problem is going to be, uh, his problem is going to be, you know, staying in the field in sub packages. You know, the NFL, the way it's going is a, uh, you know, a lot of teams play 70-80% sub packages, dime nickel packages. So he's where is he going to fit in that? Does he have the you know the sideline to sideline? Does he have the movement skills, the flexible hips to be able to turn and run with guys? Uh, I think that's kind of hit the question mark. You know, he doesn't have he's not a great athlete, a little bit of a tight hip player. Um, you know, not a guy you're going to want in a lot of man coverage situations. So that's what's going to be difficult. But you know, I think he can fit right away as a special teams player. I think that's where he's going to have to earn his mark uh, with the Panthers to make the roster. A lot of seventh-round picks don't make teams these days. A lot of times you like your undrafted free agents better than seventh-round picks once you get to camp. So he's going to have to really show that he can play on special teams. If he wants to make the team, that's where he's going to have to do it. And uh, maybe he'll be able to get uh, get some valuable snaps if he impresses on special teams, playing a little bit of – and maybe he can eventually play on, a, on base packages. I imagine he'd be a, you know, he'd be a good. Um, his best role probably would be uh, as that strong side, you know, four three outside linebacker, take on blocks, physical player, uh, play on, you know, on base situations. So I think um, that's kind of the best spot for him. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something that he's going to have to work for. You you mentioned it. You know, a lot of the guys 
that they bring in as undrafted uh, free agents usually are guys that they like a little bit better. But good, the good news for him is that the Panthers did not bring in a linebacker. So that's something that will at least give him a chance. He's probably going to be going up against their fifth-round pick, Jermaine Carter, uh, you know, it, uh, out of Maryland. Tell us kind of what Jermaine Carter brings to the table and if you think that – who do you think is the better fit for the Panthers? You know, um, you know, I don't. I actually don't know a lot about uh, Tremaine Carter. Is that what you said? His name, first name is Tremaine. Uh, it's Jermaine Carter. Jermaine uh, Carter, Carter yeah. Jr. Yeah. I believe out of uh, out of Maryland. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, every year you have a few of those guys that um, that don't make your. Um, you know, I didn't see a lot of Jermaine Carter, you know, playing at Maryland, um, but a little bit of a different type of player, a guy that's, you know, similar, very active, good special teams player, tough kid. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a smaller guy. Andre Smith is a um, is a big physical guy, a thumper type. Jermaine Carter is a is a smaller player, only 200, you know, only 222 pound linebacker, smaller guy, not despite his size, not a great athlete either. Um not as physical you know i, I actually i, I kind of like um i kind of like the seventh round pick better you know i think he's a better player jermaine carter I, you know i watched a little bit of him but like i mentioned he's not really a guy that i thought was going to get drafted so i didn't watch a ton on him but um kind of a little bit of a uh you know a, of a reach i thought for carolina there so i think i, I wouldn't be surprised at all if um Andre Smith ends up being a better NFL player and making the making the team over Jermaine Carter, even though Jermaine was the fifth round pick. Yeah, good news there for uh, Andre Smith. So then we turn to the guy that got picked second to last in the draft, uh, not Mister Irrelevant, but uh, pretty close. In Austin Prohl goes to the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know this this was one that I think. To me, it didn't really shock me considering some of the wide receivers that we had seen being taken off the board. There were a lot of good wide receivers that were left on the board. Uh, so, you know, for Austin Pro to get selected, I'm not saying that Austin Pro isn't a good player, but I thought that there was definitely a chance that somebody would take a risk on him. And, you know, what do you think about Buffalo taking a risk on, you know, Pro and what he's going to bring to, uh, you know, a Bills team that, you know, at this point, at the wide receiver position, really isn't that low? Yeah, you know, obviously he's got good bloodlines there with his, uh, his father, Ricky Prohl. Um, you know, with the with wide receiver very similarly to cornerback, there's a lot of guys every year that end up making NFL rosters that go undrafted. So, um, you know, I I personally, I think uh, I don't think it's a terrible thing that he got picked in the seventh round. I think he's got a chance. He impresses in camp like a lot of these kids. Um, a guy that you know, similarly to. Um, Andre Smith has had some uh, has had some health issues, staying healthy. Um, you know he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a tough time making the roster. This you know, and, and generally in training camp, you're you're looking at probably you know at least ten wide receivers battling for uh, playing time. So he's gonna he's gonna have his uh, work cut out for him. He's gonna have to really impress, uh, make his make his mark playing the position the way he does, showing that he can play uh, outside as well as in the slot. Um, you know, a guy that's going to have to catch everything. You know, he's not a guy that's going to wow you as far as the physical traits, but a guy that's going to be reliable uh, when he does play. He's going to catch everything, and he's going to have to show those traits very quickly in camp to show that he can compete and be a reliable target there for uh, for Josh uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, you, it's it's kind of a similar situation to Andre Smith. They picked a wide receiver in the fifth round as well. How does he stack up when it comes to you know? 
battling against Ray Ray McLeod, who's going to be a slot receiver as well and may have some special teams value. Yeah, you know, the problem with Ray Ray, you know, he's he's got some off-the-field concerns. So, Cole has that going for him. Everything you guys know down there is he's a great kid. The guy that's going to work his butt off every single snap. So, he's going to have to impress the coaching staff, which he has a chance to. He's not going to have the physical traits of Ray Ray. Um, you know, Ray Ray's obviously an extremely good athlete, extremely explosive. He's got the return capabilities to make a big play out of anything. Um, but... Prol is going to have to show the coaches that he can pick up the playbook fast. He can catch everything in sight. He's going to be a reliable target. Maybe he'll be, develop some sort of chemistry with uh, Josh Allen there. Um, you know, so they're going to battle it out, I'm sure, for valuable play snaps. And uh, Prol is going to have to beat him in the intangibles. You know, in the uh, in the offensive, you know, the mental side of the game, and also uh, as far as uh, you know, in training camp, showing that he has a little bit more versatility that he can play outside. He's not limited to just a soft player like Ray Ray might be. Yeah, I mean, one thing I think they're going to like about him is his, his ability to run routes. He's one of those guys that I think that was probably his best attribute, and a lot of people just really didn't really didn't know that about him coming in. So, you know, the last thing I'll ask you, you know, we had a good amount of undrafted free agents. I remember when I talked to you the last time, you were pretty high on Bentley Spain. Um, you know, it, it, he's, he's going to be with the Jets, Donnie Miles uh, with Atlanta. I think those are the two guys that are going to be the undrafted free agents that might have a shot and making their rosters, um, do, do you know? Do you think either one of those guys really stands a chance? You know, it's it's so hard to say with offensive tackles. You know, you always have a chance when you have that kind of size like Bentley Spain does. Um, a guy that's extremely raw, but when it comes to um, when it comes to a guy that has that sort of size, uh, if he shows anything. Um, you know, throughout training camp, I think teams are going to be inclined to keep them because generally teams in the NFL, they like to have one or two developmental players on the practice squad. You know, NFL practice squads have, uh, they moved up last year to 10 guys. So you're going to want one or two of those guys to develop. So maybe he might not make a 53, but he might be a really good guy to develop if he shows some of the signs that he showed in North Carolina, you know, as far as uh, the length, the athletic ability. If he shows some of those traits um, during camp at all, I think he might be a guy you want to work with, even if he doesn't make the roster. could be a valuable commodity once, uh, you know, as far as making a practice squad and then showing that, you know, with the proper uh, coaching that he can make a, make a team down the road. Yeah, so now, uh, you know, I, I mean, as I think a lot of people know, uh, you know, the NFL draft process is continuous. So now it turns to 2019. I mean, yesterday I saw Matt Miller already released a, a first-round projection for next year. So you guys, if you love the draft, you guys are really, really, I mean, it's nonstop for you guys. So I know going, you know, you've probably taken a look at some of the guys who are uh, some of the names that you are watching right now on the 2019, you know, for the 2019 draft on the Tar Heels this season? Yeah, you know, as far as the Tar Heels, it's hard for me to tell you off the top of my head. I, I don't, um, I try not to watch a lot of underclassmen. Um, you know, when I go over my mock draft, uh, when I go over my, you know, when I go over my draft guide for the year. So I don't watch a ton of underclassmen. So I'll probably start watching, getting a little bit of a heads up in the coming months. You probably know a lot better than me as far as underclassmen for the Tar Heels. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, the ACC in general has a lot of guys that are going going to be intriguing this year, you know, especially with, you think about Clemson, some of the defensive linemen they have at North Carolina State. Um, there's a lot of guys in the ACC that are uh, – 
that are going to be impressive and be first-round picks. So um, I'm going to have to touch up a little bit more on the Tar Heels in the coming months. But um, I'm sure, based on what we've seen, they're going to uh, they're going to have some guys coming up that are going to be uh, that are going to be intriguing. All right, man. Hey, thanks very much. And uh, I'll tell you two guys to keep an eye on in that class. Anthony Ratliff-Williams, the wide receiver slash kick returner. And then uh, Malik Carney on the defensive line uh, is another one to keep an eye on. So, uh, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on and, and, and telling us, uh, you know, what we can expect from our guys as they head to the next level. Thanks, man. I'll have to t- take a look at those guys. I'll put them down on the list and I'll watch them soon. You think they'll be out next year? Those guys are going to come out in 2019? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Corny is definitely going to come out, and Ratliff Williams will be interesting. He's going to be a junior, so that's one of those guys that's going to be an underclassman, but is one to keep an eye on if he has a massive season. Uh, he could probably end up declaring. So, um, yeah, man, we'll have to have you on definitely sometime down the road. Uh, you know, I, I, I know, uh, you know we've been bugging you a little bit here lately, so uh, we'll give you a little bit of break, but uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on. All right, man? Thanks very much, man. All right, man, you take care. All right, take care.